MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Warmer from below, welcome to Love in Las Vegas for Jessica Soups with myself, Greg Eves and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and we got a superb podcast for you guys. We're going to be keeping this one to two parts. Here in segment number one, we did see some NBA draft decisions, and a few guys returning to school that are going to be having a bit of an impact, so we're going to be touching upon those, and then in segment number two, we're going to be talking to Eli Becker. He does amazing work over at eCheckCBB. We're going to be talking to him about some of the most impactful moves that we're going to be finding the next few days with these NBA draft decisions as things have been a little bit quiet on the transfer front in the last few days. We only really saw one or two transfers in the last 24 hours. I'll be sweeping on up here in segment number one, but we've got a lot of moves that are going to be coming within the next few days as these guys withdraw from the NBA draft slash decide to stay in the NBA draft. That's going to cause for a lot of schools to get things into place and get the wheels turning and we're going to be talking about some of these schools that have been a little bit hamstrung by these NBA draft decisions that maybe have not necessarily done a lot in the transfer portal. We're going to be talking about obviously the big decisions and what teams have the most to gain slash lose in the next few days. So we're going to be hitting upon that with Eli in segment number two and if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at Gina underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters EM. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to on this podcast via that five-star review. Let's take a look at everything that we got on the college basketball front on Monday as mostly it was guys returning to school like GNI Broom, and we saw a lot of big men decide that they are going to be returning to school on Monday with Broom. He was a cleaning up for Auburn. 14 points. He was able to chip in there two and a half blocks per contest, eight and a half boards. Not a guy with necessarily a ton of versatility, but he started to pop some threes, was able to shoot about 29% from three-point range. All in all, this is a big move for Auburn. You figured that GNI Broom was going to be cleaning things up to come back to school, but he and Dylan Cardwell were able to do a nice job down low. Now the key for Auburn is finding any sort of a a semblance of three-point shooting because that was really their main bugaboo. They were good enough on defense to be able to stay with darn near any team in all of college basketball last season, but the 
hallmark of our good friend Bruce Pearl has typically been guys are able to pop threes, and that has honestly been eluding Auburn here in the last few seasons. So we shall see if any moves are made by Auburn late here in the process as they pick up Denver Jones, who is over at Florida International, and Cheney Johnson, who was able to light it up at Alabama Huntsville. So I think that those guys are very intriguing. We also talked about Creighton in segment number two with our good friend Eli Becker. We did the interview before we knew that Ryan Kalkbrenner was going to be returning to school. This is big for them. And out of the two guys that are out there in Trey Alexander and Kalkbrenner, it felt probably the safest that Kalkbrenner was going to be returning to school, but I mean, he was just tremendous for Creighton. You saw what he was out of the fold due to an illness last season that this Creighton team, they were below 500. Their defense just went down the toilet bowl. And for Kalkbrenner, being someone that has seven feet tall and disabled pop threes, not saying that he's great at popping threes, but he's shot about 31% from three. I mean, that's massive as well as he averaged 16 points, two blocks, six boards per contest last season. With Creighton losing Ryan Nemhardt, with them probably losing Arthur Kaluma, unless if we see something very dramatic on that front, being able to get back Ryan Kalkbrenner, it is absolutely massive. It was a team that was really bereft of depth last season, so being able to get him back, that is big. We did see Mr. Harrison, who was able to do an amazing job over at Grand Canyon last year, decide to return as well. Rayshon Harrison, he was able to put up big numbers in the whack as he gave the team 17.5 points, four boards, three and a half assists per game, and shot about 33% from three-point range. And what I feel like gets lost in those stats is that Rayshon Harrison actually had a really terrible start to the season. I mean, first, we're going to call it about six or so games for this Grand Canyon bunch. He just did absolutely nothing whatsoever, but you take a look at the way that he was able to finish up the season, and he was one of the most prolific scorers in all of college basketball. Last 29 games of the season, so after Thanksgiving, shot more around 36% from three-part range, four assists, four and a half rebounds, 19.9 points per game from the 29th of November on, so he really rounded in form towards back half of the season and had double figures in, I believe, all but two of those last 29 games. So with Rayshon Harrison coming back in the fold, that is going to be nice for a Grand Canyon team that they do lose a few pieces from last season. The front court, it's a little bit more hodgepodge as they did add into the fold Sidney Curry from Louisville. I think that he's going to be able to do a solid job. Ivan Odriogo is out of the fold, but Luke War, I do think, is going to be able to give you some nice minutes as well as Grand Canyon. Very much a large shift with regards to uh, the guys on this roster. So they are now going to be able to build around their top score that sent them to the NCAA tournament last season. And this is big for San Diego State. Lamont Butler, the man that hit the shot that sent San Diego State to the national title game. He is going to be back as he was a starter last season for San Diego State. Not a prolific scorer, but the top player in terms of assists for San Diego State. Right around 8.8 points, a seal and a half. 3.2 assists, shot 34% from three-point range. Really a backbone piece for San Diego State. Going to need to step up a little bit more this season, but with Darian Trammell back in the fold for this backcourt as well. San Diego State, I'm not saying they're going to be returning to the national title game, and I think that it would be a big surprise if San Diego State is able to do so, but you know what? Even with some of the pieces that they lose in the offseason, being able to bring back someone like this, it is going to be able to help them out. They add Reese Sticks and Waters in the transfer portal as well, someone who was able to put up right around about 9 to 10 points per game at USC last season, so this is a big move of impact, and being able to get Lamont Butler back in that backcourt, that is going to be tremendous for San Diego State. And then we did see one transfer move that happened over the last 24 hours. C.J. Hughes he was at Butler, and 
In two seasons at Butler, just was unable to really find his footing. He averaged about a point and a half, a rebound and a half per contest. He has decided that he is going to be going to East Tennessee State. For East Tennessee State, it's been a roster that has been dealing with a lot of turnover, and we've been seeing them just dealing with a lot of turnover in general at the coaching spot. They're looking for a little bit of stability, and I do think that this is a good place to start. For DJ Hughes, he was the number 12 recruit from the state of Indiana a few seasons ago. At six foot seven. I don't expect him to be necessarily a super versatile piece or anything like that. Not a guy that's going to let it fly from three-point range, but with East Tennessee State, they've needed to fortify their defense a little bit. They took steps in the right direction last year, and I do think that moving forward, they're going to be able to do a little bit more of this for East Tennessee State. has been a little bit of a quiet offseason for them. They've had a lot of pieces that they are losing, and they're going to need to try to fill some of those holes, but I do think that for East Tennessee State, being able to add someone that is going to be able to play the way that Hughes is going to be able to down low. I think that that is good for them. As for ETSU, they also added this offseason. Someone from USC, Aiken and Karan Boyd, who I think is going to be able to take a nice step up. And Jaden Parker was able to do a nice job of blocking some shots at North Florida as well. So that's what we all saw on the news and notes front in college basketball on Monday. And now we've got to talk about the big news that is going to be coming in the next few days from the college basketball landscape as we've got a lot of draft decisions that need to be settled. We're going to be talking about the biggest of them and we're going to be talking about some of the potential winners and losers of all these next with Eli Becker of HXCBB. We're also going to be talking to Eli because he's out here on the West Coast what it means that Isaiah Stevens is back with Colorado State. That is up next right here on Coast Seats with myself, Greg H. Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. With myself, Greg Heaps Peters, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by this man. He's Eli Becker. Is the founder of EchexCBB, doing a tremendous job on that front, taking a look at all things college basketball. I know that EchexCBB has a lot of big plans for this offseason. I know that they've been diving a little bit more on the women's side of the basketball front as well, which is always nice to see as Eli and everyone over there at EchexCBB, some of the best in the business, and taking a look at this fine sport that we all know and love, and to be able to follow Eli, you're able to do so at his last name, Becker. Last name is spelled B-O-E-T-T-G-E-R, underscore, and then his first name, Eli. And Eli, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yes, thanks as always for having me on, Greg. I appreciate it. I absolutely love the fact that we have got a lot of intrigue the next few days as well, because I feel like we've been in a holding pattern the last few days with regards to a lot of these transfer moves. We've been waiting on a lot of these NBA draft decisions. And out of all the ones that are currently looming out there, which ones do you think are the biggest and which ones do you think are the most questionable that could go one way or the other at this point? There are a number of teams that are at the top of the exceedingly early top 25 uh, preseason rankings for this upcoming season that could sway things quite a bit. I'd say naturally the starting point here is with Zach Eady of Purdue. He's pretty much accomplished all that you can accomplish at the college level, winning a consensus national player of the year award this past season and just was thoroughly dominant in a 7-4 frame with Purdue. Obviously, there's a sour taste in the mouth of the Purdue fan base given how the season ended this past year with the loss to Fairleigh Dickinson in the first round of the NCAA tournament as a one seed. But it's kind of a position that we seem to find a lot of these dominant bigs now in the 2010s and 2020s where 
a lot of these dominant centers just don't really have a place to play if they are the back-to-the-basket type guys. We've seen recently with Kofi Coburn of Illinois. He's another example of a player who was just dominant and could maybe 15 years ago be someone who would be taken, I don't know, top five, top ten in the NBA draft. But nowadays, you just have to be so much more versatile at that position. So all that to say... If Zach Eady returns to Purdue, they're probably a preseason top five, at least top seven team in the country entering this next season. Could probably have been higher if it weren't for the first round loss. I think that dissuades some people from from, uh, buying too much Purdue stock, but it would be another excellent rotation and they have some sophomore guards coming back. It it would be another really good starting five for Purdue. A couple other teams that I throw in the mix. Oscar Shibway with Kentucky. It's kind of a similar position with him. The previous two National Player of the Years um, are both kind of in the similar boat where they've done just about all that they could do at the college level and now are in this position where, well, do you return again or do you end up going pro? And uh, also tossing Antonio Reeves, another big decision at the guard position for Kentucky if both of those two, if one of those two leave for the NBA draft, my goodness, the it's going to be interesting to see how this Kentucky rotation sorts out because there are a lot of question marks now that Kentucky missed on several high-profile transfers. I, I'd say most notably Hunter Dickinson being one of them that could make this team formidable for next season. We already know there's a, quite a bit of pressure on John Calipari, whether just or unjust, to perform having really missed out these past couple seasons of advancing deep into the NCAA tournament. So those are a couple teams that I'd look at. And then you probably have to also toss in Andre Jackson and Tristan Newton of UConn, who are two starters who did an excellent job carrying this team to the national championship just a month ago. And if they return as well, I think UConn is once again in the mix to win another national title. So a lot of teams that are still dealing with some pretty pivotal NBA draft decisions from guys who might not necessarily be lottery talents or even first-round locks, but would certainly have an impact whether they stay or or end up going to the NBA. Yep, there are certainly a lot of big decisions as Eli Becker over there at Tech CBB is joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops. And how much do you feel like a lot of these schools have been hamstrung by these decisions? Because I'm so glad that you pointed out Kentucky. They have not added a single guy in the transfer portal thus far, and I think a lot of it has to do with they just don't know what's happening with Antonio Reeves, what's happening with Oscar Shiway. I think Chris Livingston is gone, but they still don't know what's happening on that front either. So I think that that is very important to take a look at. And I take a look at some of these guys that did enter into the transfer portal very late. And I do think that there's going to be some landing spots for them, depending upon how these draft decisions go. Someone like a Cam Spencer, I think, is going to be a very important piece if, say, Antonio Reeves doesn't return to Kentucky. If, say... I mean, this would not necessarily be the same position, but Dale Mitchell, he's over there at Texas. If he doesn't return, Texas is going to be looking at someone in the transfer portal. If Adam Flagler doesn't come back to Baylor, something like that. I think these late late guys in the transfer portal, even a Ray J. Dennis, I think that there's going to be very good landing spots for them, depending upon which schools really lose out on these NBA draft decisions. Yeah, it really is just dominoes falling one after the other. And this is a major inflection point in the offseason with how these draft decisions uh, wind up because it solidifies just several more scholarships or scholarship openings for a lot of these pivotal championship contenders and Kentucky being one of them. If you told a Kentucky fan here entering June that the Wildcats would not have landed 
uh, transfer in the offseason, that would be pretty alarming, even despite the really talented freshman class that uh, John Calipari has coming on to campus in Lexington. But gosh, this is still a team with a ton of question marks. And to your point, I would say that it drives the urgency for some of these programs to fill in some holes that they still have here as we enter into the summer months. Because, I mean, if Ray J. Dennis was at one point projected to maybe go to, I'm just throwing this out here, maybe go to a a 20-game winning power conference team as of a few weeks ago, if Kentucky has a role open or a vacancy within their rotation where they desperately need a guy with experience that can be a good defender and, and get you double-digit points, then Ray J. Dennis is kind of the guy that Kentucky would, would have to seek out and would have to figure out a way to get the job done, assuming that Dennis would have any interest. And reporters say that that's something that can and will happen, but it is to say that whatever is left in that transfer pool, the urgency is going to drive up the attention for a lot of these guys who are still out there. And in some of the cases where Maybe one of these players is leaning on the fence that ends up returning. That's obviously going to cut into minutes to some projected returners. And then maybe those returners end up leaving or entering the transfer portal, assuming, of course, they are a grad transfer at this point with the deadline passing. So it is a lot of different things that we'll see. And I think it's pretty fascinating that most of these main decisions that we're seeing from some of these draft guys, it isn't necessarily the first-round talents. It's more so kind of the back-end guys. Maybe even want to toss in uh, Ryan Kalkbrenner from Creighton, who I would probably peg him as maybe an All-American candidate this upcoming season, assuming he were to return. And that puts Creighton as probably maybe a top-10 team entering next season. And if he doesn't return, then gosh, Creighton has a huge question mark down low. So a lot of these decisions are going to shake up the field, and and we'll see what happens with these final transfers in the portal. But to your earlier point, Kentucky really needs to get going because this is not a roster as it stands right now, a roster that I could put a whole lot of confidence and faith in reaching the second weekend, if not further in the NCAA tournament. Oh, and I completely understand that they've got a really good freshman class incoming and that they've been a little bit hamstrung by these draft decisions, but has been a little bit surprising that they have not added a single guy in the transfer portal. And Eli, I know that you, much like myself, are living out here on the West Coast. We're still waiting on a lot of these draft decisions. And in your neck of the woods, Gonzaga, they certainly have a little bit to gain slash lose the next few days as well. That's not really a team we've touched upon too much, but I did think of significance was a move that we did see a few days ago. That would be out in the Mountain West, the fact that Isaiah Stevens is returning to Colorado State. Now with Colorado State, I think we're both going to be in agreement. They need to kick up the defense from last year because that was not good, but I felt like this was one of the most impactful moves in the uh, entirety of these NBA draft decisions, much like I thought last year, Colorado State, they were some of the biggest losers by the fact that they were not able to bring back their full allotment of pieces from a season ago. This year, after they lose David Roddy a season ago, I feel like they're some of the big winners because I thought Isaiah Stevens was right there on the borderline. Him coming back to Colorado State, I think, is absolutely massive for them. A move that will probably go a little bit under the radar given what Colorado State was uh, this past season, a team that just really struggled on the defensive end. They went from... 89th in adjusted defensive efficiency in 2022. The team led by David Roddy and Isaiah Stevens that got a sixth seed and won the Mountain West fell all the way to 199th this past season. That is just, it's not going to get the job done no matter how good 
the team is on the offensive end. And Nico Medved is a very gifted offensive mind and is able to put a lot of these guys in, in positions to succeed. Isaiah Stamens is probably one of the top five, top ten best true guards, lead guards in America. Uh, that might even be selling him a little bit short, but a truly special talent. And I feel like the rotation around him should be much improved this year, particularly on the defensive side. They have two under-the-radar additions, uh, Nikkei Clifford and Javante Johnson, transferring over from Colorado and New Mexico, respectively. And it fills the need that they have in a switchable wing, a guy who can defend and play that type of 3 and D role who should be really impactful for this year's Rams team. And with Stevens back and with quite a bit of experience with this team, I feel like they could probably be kind of a, looking at the picture of the, an at-large bid, assuming that everything comes together because this is, again, a team that so often ranks among the best mid-major teams under Nico Medved as far as offensive efficiency is concerned. They just have to be good enough on the defensive end, and given what Clifford and Johnson can do on that end of the floor, I feel like that helps them significantly, and that puts Colorado State in the mix to probably be, I'd say, a top four team in the Mountain West as it stands right now. You have to put San Diego State there, uh, even though they are deciding quite a bit what their rotation is going to look like as far as these draft decisions and, and transfer portal additions are concerned. Boise State is another team that is uh, in some really good shape, and I'd probably put New Mexico there as well. They've had a really, really good offseason as far as bringing in transfers, but beyond that, Colorado State isn't too far behind, and uh, they're adding probably what's going to be the best player in the Mountain West next season, and Isaiah Stevens, and that's going to be deeply impactful for this coaching staff that is obviously hoping to get back to the NCAA tournament after a pretty disappointing 2023 season. Yeah, it was a very disappointing 2023 for Colorado State, but I do think that they are in good hands moving forward. Being able to bring back Isaiah Stevens, I felt like was absolutely massive for them. It's joining me on the podcast. We do have Eli Becker. He is joining me and does great work over at EJXCBB. And I did mention Gonzaga a minute ago. They've got a few NBA draft decisions that are out there that I think are going to be of big giant significance. And for Gonzaga, I feel like they've had one of the best off seasons out there because they really needed to bring in a point guard. They bring in Ryan Nemhart. And by the way, boy, it's not been great for Creighton. They're a team that I feel like they've got a lot to gain slash lose with regards to these NBA draft decisions as well. Because mm-hmm. if they would have brought back their starting five, they might have been looking at being a Final Four team. As we know, that is not going to be the case for them with Nemhart transferring. We shall see what happens with Trey Alexander along with Ryan Kochbrenner because those are a big significance. But that said, you also have for Gonzaga Graham Ike coming back in the fold. And if the draft decisions of Malachi Smith and company go their way, I feel like Gonzaga, not that they're going to be like the number one team in all of college basketball coming into the season. I feel like at this point it's going to be Duke unless we see something very unforeseen. But I feel like Gonzaga... They're right back towards the top, and they got exactly what the doctor ordered. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And there were a lot of directions that Gonzaga could have gone this offseason. And I guess the skinny on that is this is a program that could probably have fallen to the back half of the top 25, just given the expected losses and players so deeply impactful as Drew Timmy has been the last half decade within this program. But I really like the way that Mark Few's staff has rebounded and, and rebuilt in the transfer portal. We have to see what Graham E.K. looks like from a status perspective. I know he's he missed the entire season this past year, but when he's playing at full strength, he's one of the best and impactful big men in the country. 
And the, some of the other additions that they've had, Ryan Nemhard, I think that he'll be able to plug in right away and do a lot of good things to steer the Gonzaga offense, which is always near the top of, of the country as far as efficiency is concerned. Graham E.K. should help out quite a bit down low from the defensive side. And then Steel Venters is a really nice addition, too. He's going to give them some length on the perimeter and can shoot the basketball really well. The big question mark here is what happens with Malachi Smith, what happens with Anton Watson. If these guys both come back, I think Gonzaga's poised to have another team that should, at the very least, be a Sweet 16 program, which is what we've expected for, what, now eight years in a row or something crazy like that. Kind of the low bar that Gonzaga will be able to at least reach the second weekend, and then that gives you a chance to advance to the Final Four from there. But this is a a team that could have pretty easily fallen given the expected departures falling back to the back half of the top 25 but instead credit to Mark Few staff and what they've been able to do to rebound and they definitely have a couple of potential breakout candidates uh, along the way as well they certainly do have some breakout candidates and man it is going to be so interesting to see what we get the next few days Eli and Eli I know you and everyone else over there at DJXCBB are working hard. I know that you guys are working all through a very long, a very fun Memorial Day weekend. I know that you guys are preparing as best as you can on some of these conference previews. Obviously, it's quite murky right now. And as we get more answers as to what these rosters are looking like, I know that you guys are doing a great job of crystallizing everything that you're projecting for the upcoming season. And I know that you guys have a lot of irons in the fire. So let the good people at home know what's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Absolutely. Well, first off, I appreciate it, as always, Greg, to hop on and chat some college hoops. And as always, you can find our stuff on HeatCheckCBB.com and our social media handles are at HeatCheckCBB. And it is a little bit murky right now, but after the draft deadline, the rosters begin to solidify a bit more and it's a a little bit easier to make some of these projections as we still sit here about five months out, but we're getting closer, inch by inch. Yep, little by little, decision by decision, transfer portal move by transfer portal move. These rosters are getting solidified. There are a few in the industry that work harder than the men over at HXCBB. Eli is the man that runs and founded that great organization, and every single time he and anyone else on HXCBB joins this podcast, they lend tremendous insight. So big thanks, Eli, for joining me right here. Uncle Scott Sips is now part of the Visa family podcast. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we will fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at gnet underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters see they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline. And the other way, that is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to on this podcast via that five-star review. We got our first conference preview in the books a few days ago, and we're going to be a little bit slower on these conference previews here in the summer months, but they're starting to crank up. We're going to be looking at the low-slash-mid-major conferences first since they've got the fewer moving parts. We're going to do it as close to alphabetical order as humanly possible. And then once we get towards back half of the offseason, we'll hit those power conferences and get you set for what hopefully will be the most profitable year of college basketball ever. And I will be with you guys every single day, rain and shine, regular season or offseason on this podcast, which means I'll chat at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is 
finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 